0: This is an Equity Veats Media podcast.
1: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash loss. That's plushcare.com slash loss. Equity,
0: my. I will say this about investing. Everything you do learn is cumulative. What I learned at 20 is you. Equity. Ah.
1: Welcome to another episode of the Equity Mates Summer Series. Over 12 episodes, we're deep diving into some of the most exciting, interesting, and well known companies from both here in Australia and over in the US. In some instances, we'll be hearing directly from the CEOs to give you first hand insight into their companies. My name is Bryce, and as always, I'm joined by my equity buddy Ren. How are you going? I'm very good, Bryce. Uh, excited for this episode and
2: a little hungry.
1: <laughs> I'm actually starving.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the reason for that is we're talking about a food business today and the last uh, sort of 15 minutes as we've been putting the finishing touches on this episode, I've just been reading the McDonald's uh, news, KFC, Burger King, and now all I can think about is what I'm going to have for lunch.
1: Well, what's the company?
2: The company we're talking about today is a supplier to many of those fast food chains and number of other companies, Beyond Meat.
1: Nice, Beyond Meat.
2: We are talking about one of the, I guess, fastest growing uh, segments of the food supply chain, and that is the meat alternatives, plant-based meat. It has been a market darling for a few years um, since listing. It's got one big rival. Uh, It's trying to convince the world to eat differently, and we're going to deep dive on it today.
1: We are. The Summer Series is brought to you by Superhero who allow you to buy Aussie and US shares and ETFs with no monthly account fees and you can now earn Qantas points with Superhero. Visit superhero.com.au slash Qantas to learn more. Eligibility criteria, terms and conditions and fees and charges apply. So we are going to dig into Beyond Meat. We're going to be starting with the problem, have a look at some of the solutions, what the company does, a bit about the industry, financials, future prospects. There's so much to cover with this stock. We're really pumped to get stuck into it. Uh, I remember when it IPO'd and uh, it absolutely boomed. So it'll be interesting to see where it's at now. But just a reminder that this is an interactive episode that could land you $1,000 superhero are giving a lucky listener $1,000 into their superhero wallet to start trading. So all you need to do, listen to this episode, listen uh, for one of your favorite facts about this company, head across to the equity mates, Instagram page at equity mates. And on the corresponding post for this episode, let us know in the comments, what your favorite fact about beyond meat is uh, from this episode that you didn't know. And then we'll announce a winner on our stories at the end of the week for, uh, for a lucky person who has been able to comment a really interesting fact. You must subscribe to Equity Mates and Superhero to be eligible. But let's get stuck in, Ren. Beyond Meat. So
2: let's start with the problem when we're talking about Beyond Meat because it's a fascinating category, but I guess we always have to start with why is this a business that exists and why is this an investable opportunity? So from the company and from other plant-based meat advocates, there's four key reasons why this change is needed, why this industry should exist. First of all, world hunger. The UN estimate that almost a billion people, 957 million people, uh, do not have enough to eat today. So right now our global food system leaves a significant portion of the world hungry. Secondly, uh, environmental degradation. And there's a number of ways that you can look at this. You can look at the amount of agricultural land that goes to making animal feed. You can look at the amount of greenhouse gas and methane that's produced by uh, livestock farming. One estimate is that 18% of human-produced greenhouse gases worldwide uh, come from livestock farming. That's not really human-produced, but you know what we mean, human-caused. Human health, the amount of diseases and stuff that are not made better by eating meat. Finally, animal welfare. The conditions of factory farming are pretty well covered. We don't need to cover it now, but... That's a key reason why people talk about plant-based meat being an industry that needs to exist. So world hunger, environmental degradation, human health, animal welfare, some of the key issues with our current food supply chain that Beyond Meat and its competitors are looking to solve or looking to make better. So big issues and really where that where that leads to is sort of three, I guess, choices, three solutions. We could just not eat meat. Yes. That's an option. Yeah we could find new ways to create meat and that's sort of lab grown meat. Yeah. Clean meat, AKA uh, we'll get to that. And then the third one is we create meat substitutes out of plant meat alternatives. And that's what beyond meat they they took that third option. And that's what we're talking about today from 2009 when they were founded to 2019, when they listed, they were working on their products and really the last few years, we've seen a massive acceleration in where you can find Beyond Meat, I guess. So let's get into it. What, what does this company do?
1: Well, Ren, Beyond Meat's mission is to facilitate this shift from traditional animal-based meat to plant-based meat. So they focus on creating plant-based meats that emulate beef, chicken, meatballs, pork and sausages, yeah, they're really trying to position themselves in the market to cater for A, the problem that you've spoken to, but B, all the people that are trying to do their best to um, move away from eating meat but don't want to not eat meat.
2: From uh, the company well, and from a study from the University of Michigan, a Beyond Meat burger patty compared to a traditional burger burger, patty yep. made from a cow the numbers are pretty impressive so 99% less water 93% less land 46% less energy compared to a traditional beef patty so the sustainability credentials are there yeah. the question I guess is a taste
1: and we were planning to do a live taste test however I think testament to be on meat both stores that we went to 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 buy it they were sold out yeah so that's a good sign positive sign
2: positive sign and their competitor products were there. Were there, Yeah, It was just the Beyond Meat products that were sold out. Yeah. So take that for what
1: you will. And I have heard that uh, there is a, a, quite a, a distinct range or difference between the good quality Beyond Meat and uh, the not-so-good quality mm. uh, competitors. But unfortunately, yeah, we don't have the ability to taste test, but we've got two pretty high-profile no, we'll, examples. well, hold on, hold on.
2: Before we move on, have you ever actually tried it?
1: I've tried a uh, competitor. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Not, not Beyond Meat.
2: Okay. Yeah, yeah, neither have I, which is a little bit annoying. I would have liked to have tried it before this episode.
1: Yeah, the competitor was pretty decent. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, we've got one uh, pretty high profile of example of someone who, who has tried it and that is Bill Gates, who's now an investor in Beyond Meat.
2: Yeah, I think the investors in Beyond Meat are impressive. And if you're going to judge a company by the company that it keeps, uh, the there's some pretty big endorsements here. Bill Gates is an investor. Tyson Foods, which is the biggest meat producer in the US, is an investor. Former McDonald's CEO is an investor. So that I, I think that's impressive. But yeah, what Bill Gates said, let's say the quote and then talk about it. What did he say?
1: He said that uh, what I was experiencing was more than a clever meat substitute. It was a taste of the future of food.
2: And he also said he couldn't tell the difference between Beyond Meats, Chicken Strips and Chicken. Yeah. I just don't know if I believe it.
1: Well, I hope to
2: believe it. That's a pretty ringing endorsement, the future of food, but also a ringing endorsement if he couldn't tell the difference. That's the context, I think.
1: And, I mean, I have no legs to stand on. I haven't tried it. If He's tried it, and it's something you would say if you're invested in the company.
0: Yeah.
2: So where are we at in this episode? There's these big problems with our current food system uh, that we've touched on. Beyond Meat's solution to solving them was to basically take – animals out of the equation and replace it with plant-based substitutes. And their whole philosophy from the very beginning was we need to create a substitute that tastes like, feels like, and cooks like meat. We don't want to go through the consumer education of how do you cook without meat? How do you have a diet without meat? We just want to give it a like for like replacement, which solves those problems. And that from the very beginning has been beyond meats philosophy And based on some of the investors and some of the commentary from Bill Gates, they are doing a pretty good job of that. So that's where we're at now. But they're not the only people trying to solve that problem.
1: No, the market is pretty saturated and very competitive at the moment. You've got Impossible Foods – Uh, who produce a number of vegan products they're one of the largest competitors and probably most similar to Beyond Meat in terms of products that they're creating then you've got some of the big retail consumer brand names you've got Kellogg's Nestle Oatly who are all uh, competing in that plant based space Uh, but you know they're producing products that are more around eggs breakfast cereals and, and oat milk so Yeah, some pretty big names there trying to put their toes in the water, but they're not the specialty producers like Beyond Meat and uh, Impossible Foods.
2: Yeah, yeah. Worldwide, plant-based meat uh, was valued at about five and a half billion dollars in 2020, forecast to grow to about 15 billion dollars in 2027. So, not a huge industry, but you know, if it's going to triple in seven years, that's pretty Uh, decent. You'd like to see that. Beyond Meat has about 25% market share. Impossible Foods is smaller. Um, from what we could see, it's only about 4%. And then there is just a long tail of other brands that play in this space in some way. In Australia, V2 Foods is one. I think you saw Yumi's, Yumi's in, yeah. uh, in Coles yesterday. There's a whole lot and there's always more because to be blunt, making plant-based meat isn't difficult
1: making it well is. Yeah, I was just going to say, I looked at Yumi's yesterday and I'm like, oh, man, I love their dips, love their hummus, but do I back them in to make plant-based burgers? Now, of course, dips and Yumi's is all sort of plant-based anyway, so they've, they've probably got some sort of experience. But, you know, Beyond Meat is a pure play in, in, in that they aren't coming from some sort of other background and are trying to put a stake in the ground in this. Pun intended. <laughs> yeah, they are – a pure play and all the energy goes into it. And and I, I guess it, it shows their market leaders, 25% market share. So when I think about these companies, I would probably trust more a company that's pure play than, than one that is, is not.
2: The cost of plant-based meat is something that's important to talk about. So uh, these estimates are from the U S but uh, impossible foods, $11 a pound of beef beyond meat, $9 a pound, real beef, $5 a pound, which in some ways makes sense. Like these are new industries, beef has scale Mm. and efficiencies and all of that. But it's also crazy to think that growing and feeding an animal, slaughtering it and then delivering it to a retail location is half the cost of doing it with
1: plants. Yeah, I guess that they have incredible scale. Incredible scale. Yeah. yeah,
2: Yeah. That's, I guess, the competitive landscape construed as narrowly as possible, which is what are the other plant-based substitutes and where does Beyond Mate sit in the ecosystem? There are two other competitive lenses I think you have to put on it. The second one is just people that are just changing their diets and just eating vegetables as vegetables and not vegetables as masquerading as something else. And I think that is a growing and ever-present competitor because – beyond meat impossible foods all these other plant-based meat substitutes may be like a stepping stone to just eating vegan or vegetarian without needing to substitute meat
1: yeah but it's things like the burgers and the spaghetti bolognese and those sorts of things that you you might want to not miss out on and not take away from your diet and that's where this comes into play i reckon you know you know what i mean like if I was to think about going full vego, I would probably still want to have a meat substitute in there because there are a lot of meat products or meat, you know, meals that involve meat that I would hate to see go from my diet.
2: So that's the second lens, the people just not eating the replacement. But I take your point. There are certain meals where you sometimes mm. need that. The, the other lens, I can't remember how many lenses I'm up to, the other competitive lens that I think is really important is to think about what are the other alternatives to, that solve that core problem that we established at the start, all those multiple core problems that we established at the start. And one that I am really excited about and feels to be growing in the background and will become really relevant pretty soon is lab-grown meat, aka clean meat, aka a number of different names for it. But this is meat, but just not needing an animal to live to create it you just take animal cells and you create it in a lab Mm. but texturally, chemically biologically everything it is me
1: yeah
2: well that's all the reaction (laughs) i get well i mean you know about it but yeah i know about it yeah (laughs) Yeah, well
1: i mean yeah i feel i feel like uh it's here but it's still it feels a, a little bit further away to getting it on the the shelves in the supermarket and educating consumers about it and that sort of stuff but you're right for me that that is a really exciting part of this market.
2: Yeah, so there's one jurisdiction in the world where lab grown meat has been approved. That's in Singapore. Uh, one company has I think it's called Just Eats, but do your own research on that has had their chicken approved by the Singapore regulators. The biggest company in this space uh, was called Memphis Meats. It's now called Upside Food. They raised a $161 million Series B last year that included Bill Gates, Richard Branson, a number of other big names, uh, Kimball Musk, Elon Musk's brother. But then also, I think quite importantly, two of the biggest meat producers in America, Tyson Foods and Cargill.
1: Cargill. Yeah,
2: so these are like big names and big companies uh, that are making a bet on lab-grown meat. You'll notice that Bill Gates is really spreading his bets. He's invested in Beyond Meat, Impossible Foods and Memphis Meats, which is now Upside Foods. So take that for what you will. But this is, I think, a real competitive threat to Beyond Meat because Bank of America did a survey and they looked at why people were moving away from traditional meat to alternatives 35% said health and nutrition 30% said environmental reasons now 35% for health and nutrition reasons if it's lab grown or if it's traditional meat those health problems will still exist like they will still be not the healthiest option so those people will stay with plant alternatives but the 30% that have shifted away from traditional meat because of environmental reasons could be induced by lab grown meat Because all the climate impacts, all the resource use, all of that stuff is no longer an issue with lab-grown meat. So that's going to be a really interesting one to watch for Beyond Meat and Impossible Foods and these plant-based alternatives. They may end up being just one solution to a problem that has other solutions. Mm. So then it becomes how do you compete on cost and taste and all of that stuff and then that will be very interesting.
1: Yeah, or they get in the game themselves. That could be a possibility. And do
2: lab-grown. Yeah. True. I wonder – I feel like the know-how and the technology to do hmm. lab-grown meat and plant-based meat would be pretty
1: different. I mean, maybe, but it's no. it could be no different to the Kellogg's going, we need to get into – well, yeah, it's it's a bit different. but um,
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But,
1: yeah, anyway, so let's keep moving.
2: So I think there's one last thing that we need to touch on when we talk about the company, and that is – Since Beyond Meat listed, it feels like every brand formed a partnership with either them or Impossible Foods. For Beyond Meat, uh, McDonald's, Yum!, which is KFC, Pizza Hut, Taco Bell, PepsiCo, Dunkin' Donuts, uh, they all announced partnerships with Beyond Meat. And then Impossible Foods similarly had a whole bunch of others, Burger King, a number of other brands. Every big food chain wanted to get in the plant-based meat game and there was so much excitement around the time Beyond Meat IPO'd. I think it was up like 250% from when it IPO'd. Yeah, I remember it was, when it, it, it It's come back since. But a lot of that was because of the hype. Every All of these big names were getting into the plant-based meat alternative game hmm. and they all launched special menu items with plant-based meat, with Beyond Meat. And a lot of them still have those menu items, it should be said. But the important thing to just watch is what's real and what's hype there because, of course, when there's something new, a lot of these businesses are going to trial it and see how it goes. And as stock investors, we see that and the stock price goes goes up and we get really excited. But we've got to remember that a lot of this is just testing and learning. And we have seen some of these businesses uh, discontinue their plant-based meat trials so Dunkin' Donuts discontinued their Beyond Meat breakfast sandwich over with Impossible Foods. Burger King discontinued their Impossible Witch, which is just such an <laughs> nice. American thing, yeah. Classic. There's a lot of excitement for Beyond Meat and Impossible Foods because of the partnerships they were able to form. A lot of that excitement is justified, but it is important to keep a track because some of them have been discontinued. And, you know, like imagine if Macca's – Discontinued uh, national partnership would be on me. Like what that would do to the share price.
1: Yeah. Well, uh, before we chat about financials and have a look at the future, let's just take a quick break to hear from our sponsors.
2: When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At Bluenile.com, you can design a one of a kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN.
1: When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. So, Ren, let's jump into some of the numbers for Beyond Meat. Uh, The share price at the time of recording on the 4th of November, currently $99.57 USD, and it is down more than 30% this year. Mm. So... Taking a, a little bit of a hit, it did pot when it IPO'd.
2: Where is it since it IPO'd?
1: So, looking at Superhero, since IPO, it is up uh, 57%. But, Ren, that is down from an, a high of 100, uh, well, a high of about 234 bucks, which was just after IPO. Uh, and that was up 254. percent Yeah, so. it's been a
2: real roller coaster <laughs> ride. If you got in early on Beyond Meat, you were very happy. Then you were very sad, and now you're sort of back to probably neutral.
1: Yeah, well, it's been pretty. It's been in a bit of a downtrend really since the start of this year. It's one of those stocks that I think is is going to be reasonably volatile as it finds its place. As consumers find their spot in the market as well as competitors play. As you've said, Ren, there's a couple of solutions to the problem. So. I feel like it's it's going to be one of those stocks where you, you're on a bit of a ride for a yeah. while.
2: Yeah, let's look beyond the share price because with a company this new, like of course there's going to be volatility in the share price. What is so impressive is the business story. So founded in 2009, by 2016, it was doing $16 million in revenue up to uh, last year. So for 2020, it did over $400 million in revenue.
1: Yeah, incredible growth.
2: That, that, is just an incredible business story. Mm. Now compare that to Impossible Foods, its major competitor. Its Impossible Foods isn't public, but estimates are it does about $230 million in revenue a year. So these days Beyond is not quite double, but close to double uh, in terms of revenue.
1: That's interesting given the uh, difference in market share. Yeah. Cause Beyond yeah. Well, has- I
2: mean market share estimates are loose, especially when you're talking about global market share. Yeah, true. Yeah.
1: So it's not profitable.
2: It's not profitable. It's never been profitable. Are you surprised, though? Uh yeah, I am. I think really yeah. for a company that's trying to invent its way into a new category, yeah, market itself into existence. Yeah. Okay. Well, are you surprised because it lost fifty million dollars last year? Obviously, that was COVID affected. It, in twenty nineteen, it lost twelve. The three years before that it lost about 30, 25 to thirty a year. So it's losing money. Yeah, right. Yeah. The question becomes when a company is losing that much money, what does it have on its balance sheet? Like how much cash or short term investments does it have in reserves? Luckily, it does have a lot. It's got about this is all full year 2020 reporting numbers. Has about $120 million in inventory. That is a number to watch. If that number gets too high, that's problematic. It's a perishable product but it's got about $160 million in cash and short-term investments, lost about $50 million last year. So on the very basic maths of how much cash does it have and how much money is it losing a year, it's got a few years' runway.
1: Few, literally a few. few. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about the future prospects in the bigger picture. You mentioned at the top, Ren, that there are four kind of major reasons or problems that exist that have led to Beyond Meat you know, being where it is and – that really feels like where the growth is going to come from. You know, people who are concerned about animal cruelty moving to plant-based alternatives, people who are conscious about the health benefits of eating plant over meat are going to turn to, you know, beyond meat potentially, Uh, rising consumption of other sorts of plant-based meats and then also, you know, that sort of growing adoption as we're seeing of the vegan, vegetarian lifestyle so all the points that we mentioned at the top are sort of tailwinds for Beyond Meat.
2: Yeah, they are. And that's only going to in, increase. Yeah. I, I remember when I was at Coles, you know, the, there was a real trend for like meat-free Mondays and stuff like that. That was a real consumer trend that people were noticing and we were responding to. I'm sure it was the same that you were saying at Woolies. Mm. Um, people just cutting meat. My folks have basically cut meat. Same. Yeah. Completely cut it. Yeah. 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 Um, and they're not like, vegetarian or vegan or anything but it's just like we just don't need to eat meat every meal
1: yeah it's interesting the demographics how they change i, I don't think um yeah anyway it's it it's interesting to see because i, I would have thought particularly people like my parents and perhaps yours as well who would have been probably traditionally like meat eaters yeah meat and three veg and like three that's veg. how they grew up yeah yeah, 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 yeah. just gone nah let's move
2: on yeah yeah and i think my sister she's vegan and i think they've seen her and that you know There's still food that she can eat and I think she's really changed their mind about it. But that is a trend that is happening more and more. You know, a couple of these companies that we've spoken about in this summer series so far, the key sort of headline is there is a massive tailwind there and the question is, is this company going to be the one that wins? You know, we spoke about Match Group. There's a tailwind in online love. Uh, We spoke about F45. You know, there's always money flowing into the fitness and health sector and it's like are they are they going to be the ones to capture it Mm. i think my takeaway here is the same there is a massive tailwind here like consumer habits are changing money is flowing into alternatives from traditional livestock the question is is Beyond Meat going to be the one to take yeah. it? Is it going to be Impossible Foods? Is it going to be a competitor that we haven't seen yet? Or is it going to be new technology and like lab-grown meat or something like that?
1: Yeah, for me there's no doubt that we're, we're certainly at the start of uh, a transition and there's no doubt people are becoming more and more aware of the impact of eating meat ethically, on health, all sorts of reasons. But uh, changing consumer behaviour, changing, you know, what has been ingrained for so long, It's a really slow process. This Mm. is not something that's going to happen overnight. So you're right, Ren, when you are thinking about Beyond Meat, uh, you do have to think uh, decades, I I imagine.
2: Yeah. For me, there's two other interesting things to think of as an investor. How does government policy change both on the positive and the negative side? So on the positive side for Beyond Meat, um, more policy around climate change, Obviously, we've been focused on carbon emissions to date, but methane emissions affect the climate as well and livestock is a big contributor to that. So does the regulatory environment change in Beyond Meat's favour? In, do they get closer to price parity based on increased taxes or something on livestock as part of you know emissions pricing? That's on one side. On the other side, you can see a world where uh, the National Party in Australia and farmer-focused parties around the world – try and protect their farming industries as all these competitors start to take a chunk out of their market share, I guess. And um, it wouldn't surprise me if things like calling something a meat alternative isn't allowed anymore. You know how there's like truth in labeling um, laws and you have to call it like a plant burger rather than like a alternative meat burger or something like that. Same with lab grown meat. I wouldn't be surprised if there was a lot of pressure around how that was allowed to be marketed and stuff like that and what does that mean you know if you're trying to educate consumers that there are alternatives but the meat lobby I guess is pushing back on how you can educate consumers and what you can how you can market stuff so yeah I think for me that balance and, and where we see regulations go on both sides will be an interesting one to watch. One more thing that I think uh, we should touch on just before we wrap is China because Beyond Meat have recently opened a distribution factory in Shanghai and they're attempting to expand into China. And for me, this is just a fascinating move. We, We think about these companies really focusing on Western diets and especially American diets. If Beyond Meat or Impossible Foods or any of these companies was able to nail an expansion into Asia or if a Chinese or an Asian company was able to do something similar like that would be a fascinating story to watch because there's so many consumers obviously income per capita is lower and so if there's a cheap if they can produce a cheaper alternative that's a story I would love to see unfold and as an investor you know like beyond meat successfully expands into some of these other countries. Like India. Obviously this is it's very early they've really just opened the factory, but if you're doing due diligence on Beyond Meat, don't be too western focused in your analysis. Is potentially is potentially a global success story or a global failure. So look globally. Really? Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, Ren, uh, that brings us to the end of today's episode. We are really enjoying the summer series brought to you by Superhero, who now allow you to buy Aussie and US shares and ETFs with no monthly account fees. And you can now earn Qantas points with Superhero. So visit superhero.com.au slash Qantas to learn more. Eligibility criteria, terms and conditions, and fees and charges apply. We will be continuing next week where we uh, deep dive into a an Australian stock Perpetual. will hear from their CEO after we spend a bit of time unpacking funds management business. Mm. Uh, it's going to be an interesting conversation. Uh, one that we haven't had on the show before. What is the business of funds management, asset management? So really looking forward to chatting with uh, their CEO. A reminder that if you want to go in the draw to win $1,000 in your superhero wallet. You can by taking one of your favorite facts from this episode, heading across to the Equitymates Instagram page at Equitymates and on the corresponding post for this specific episode, let us know in the comments what your favorite fact was about Beyond Meat and stay tuned as we'll announce the winner on our stories at the end of the week. You just need to be following Equitymates and Superhero on Instagram to be eligible and uh, you can go in the chance to win $1,000. Bucks. You can actually win twelve grand if you listen to all episodes and leave the best fact for all twelve.
2: Yeah, you'd it'd be pretty impressive if you could do the best fact of in all twelve. Yeah, I would be worried about the amount of people that were participating in the game. Then, but <laughs> hey, there's no minimum participation, so no. uh, being the chance to win twelve grand.
1: That's it. Well, Ren, it's been uh, enjoyable as always chatting stocks. We've got perpetual next week, and uh, we'll pick it up then.
2: Sounds good. <laughs>
0: Equity Mates Investing Podcast is a product of Equity Mates Media. All information in this podcast is for education and entertainment purposes only. It is not intended as a substitute for professional finance, legal or tax advice. The hosts of Equity Mates Investing Podcast are not financial professionals and are not aware of your personal financial circumstances. Before making any financial decisions, you should read the product disclosure statement and, if necessary, consult a licensed financial professional. Do not take financial advice from a podcast. For more information, head to the disclaimer page on the Equitymates website where you can find ASIC resources and find a registered financial professional near you. In the spirit of reconciliation, Equitymates Media and the hosts of Equitymates Investing Podcast acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community.